Are you ready to turbocharge your financial IQ? Hey friends, my name is Murray Miller and I want to welcome you and your family to the Family Business Podcast where every episode is designed to keep you focused and on track to live a life free of financial stress, worry and fear. Would you like to know the exact powerful money strategies that not only our immediate family has implemented, but also our extended family of thousands and thousands of people around the world? Well, then let's get on with it and let's begin building a financial wall around your family. All right. Welcome back, everybody. What's up? I am very, very excited to bring you my guest speaker today. We are going to have an amazing podcast I want to introduce everyone to George Wohar IV. I have gotten to know George over the last month or so, and I am so excited to bring him to this podcast because we have so much to share. We're going to be talking about some things that he has done both physically, financially, spiritually. We're going to go into Warrior. We're going to talk about Kokoro. We're going to talk about his coaching business, his new venture into network marketing. We're going to talk about some of the things that have gone on. And I am just really, really excited to have you here, George. Welcome to the Family Business Podcast. Thank you, Murray. I'm excited to dive in. Thanks for having me. Oh, my gosh. Yes. What uh what we can start with is I'd love you to tell our audience, these listeners just want to know a little bit about you to start. Where, where did you grow up? What was your life like as a, as a young boy coming up through the ranks and now moving into uh, business and entrepreneurship? Gotcha. So I grew up in New Jersey. My parents got divorced when I was younger. And I always talk about this because this was a very, very, de- not detrimental, but very po- powerful thing, catalyst in my life. My parents got divorced when I was about three years old, two years old, grew up with a single mother and my sister until I was about 10 or 11 when my stepdad came into the picture. But the reason for me wanting to bring that up is because at that point, when I was that young, at that age, I became the man of the house. Even at that young age, like I felt that I had a responsibility and a role as the man. My father, he was in and out of jail when I was growing up. He was Mm. doing drugs. He was in and out of jail. And that was very impactful for me because I saw a man not taking responsibility, a man not being disciplined, the effect that it had on me, my sister, his kids, my, our, my family, and his friends and everyone around us. I saw the impact that that had. And from that point on, something registered in my mind. And I said, I never wanted to be that way. It was almost like I wanted to grow up being the opposite of my dad, which is very interesting. And that caused me to create the discipline of myself. When I was younger, from eight years old on, having my own businesses, making my own money, being disciplined. And then that eventually led to me dropping out of college after my sophomore year, because my freshman year was just partying, kind of just getting that out of my system. Sophomore year, I realized it wasn't for me anymore. I got back into entrepreneurship and really started diving deep into personal development and just growth and expansion and going through all the things like Kokoro, like Vipassana, which is a meditation retreat that I do, my coaching business that I have, and really stepping into this, this greater version of myself, which I'm always after. Wow. You left me a lot to unpack with that first statement. That was awesome. As a matter of fact, I just realized, George, you and I have way more in common than I even knew. Um, I came from divorced parents myself. I actually put myself through two years of college and I stopped after two years. I'm in business. I went into the coaching business. I ventured into financial services because money intrigued me and we had no money growing up. So that was something that was really important for me to just figure out on my own. Um, and it became an obsession. And now it's, it's become a, a love of my life. And uh, yeah, I always talk about the relationship with money that people have and how you have to make friends with money and money can do so many good things in this world if you know how to treat it and how to handle it. So, wow. Um, the first thing I'd like to talk about and unpack is your Vis, 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 Vis
experience? Asana, yes. Okay, yes. That sounds like it was amazing. So tell me about that because I'm into meditation, but not to the extent that you just explained. Yeah. So Vipassana is a 12 day, I believe it's 10, it's a 10 day silent retreat with 12 days in total, silent retreat. So it's with, it's like came, it started in India. Now it's all over the, all over the world pretty much at this point in time. I did this when I was 21 or 22 years old. I decided to get, I wanted to get deeper with myself, create a deeper connection with myself. This was something that one of my friends did. He did it, but he didn't complete it. A lot of people get started, but they don't finish it just because it's so tough. What it is, is you go to the center, a uh, uh, meditation center, you stay there for the 12 days. There's no talking, no reading, no writing, no looking at people in the eyes, no type of wow. communication. And you're pretty much just meditating for about 16 hours a day. And myself, when I went here, I had to challenge myself and take it to the next level, which was me staying in the same exact seated position the entire time, like not even flinching, which is, I felt like I needed that level of expansion through it, but it was very powerful. I created, what I got out of that was just creating this level of equanimity which they call it, which is not getting too excited about things, not getting too angry about things, but being able to be responsive to things and not let my emotions overtake me. And it's, it's been very powerful. And then I've been meditating. I started meditating before that. I've been meditating for about seven or eight years now. I would say majority of the time daily, a couple of times here and there, like maybe I'll skip here and there, but mainly every morning I meditate. Well, first of all, the benefits of meditation, I have always known there, there were benefits and I've done meditation on a, on a very, very, you know, minute level compared to what you just explained. First of all, that sounds extremely hard. And I can see why most people drop out to be able to sit somewhere for almost two weeks, not talking to anyone, not giving anyone eye contact, trying to sit in the same position for the majority of time. Talk about getting, uh, getting intimate with yourself in terms of being able to get clear on what your thoughts are and what your goals and desires are. That sounds amazing. And then second, what you received from it and what you got from it to keep that even keel personality, not to get too excited when things get either good or bad, not to get too mad when things get bad, not to get too uh, you know, happy when things are good, just to try to keep that even keel. Um, I think we all could use some of that. My gosh. And, and, and I think you said that it helped you in your everyday life just to be more at peace with yourself and receive more, answers on things yeah. that you were working towards more present more at peace realizing that like not seeking not seeking validation from things outside of me like i had 12 days to myself where like your mind starts to go in different places like there was little worms on the blacktop and like you start to help them off because they're starting to dry out during the day just because you like you just get in like this 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 crazy cool place so it definitely created me knowing that I didn't need anything outside of me in order to be happy, in order to, to enjoy life. Like everything that we need is inside of us. And like, we all know this, like people talk about this all the time, but when you actually take the time to separate yourself from everything, like I was doing things those 12 days that like things that I've done my entire life, reading, writing, talking, like when was the last time I stopped talking for that long period of time, working out, mm. like none of that stuff, mm. nothing external that would create any type of of joy, I guess you could say. It was just peace and silence, realizing that everything that we have is within us. Wow. Well, spell it for us so we can put it in the show notes so people can uh, click the link and check on it. How do you spell that? V-I-P-A-S-S-A-N-A. -S -S -A -A. Awesome. So we'll definitely have that in the show notes, guys, so you guys can check that out. That sounds amazing. Tell me a little bit about your college experience, because I'm sure mine was different than yours. And the reason that I left after, you know, two years in college and, and you decided to drop out and pursue other things. What was it? Was there an epiphany or was it just one of those things you just say, hey, this is not for me? Or was it money or was it a combination of the things? 
Yeah. So, so my freshman year of college, I didn't even really desire to go to college. My mom actually chose the college that my sister was in. I was like, all right, just pick a college for me at that point. Cause I was always entrepreneurial, always want to do business. But obviously that thing that's pushed is like, kids have to go to college. Kids have to go to school. Like you hear that all the time. So a lot of parents get caught up in that. So she sent me to the college that my sister was going to. So we went to the same college, LaSalle in Philadelphia. My freshman year of college, I joined a fraternity, partying, drinking, drugs, hanging out, doing absolutely nothing. My classes, I had eight, nine, and 10 every single day. Pretty much just slept through all my classes. I wasn't getting anything out of college. My sophomore, and then at the end of my freshman year, I remember I took a picture of myself. I took a picture of myself. I opened up my, my wardrobe that we have there, and there's a mirror on the inside, and I took a selfie of myself after we got done partying. It was like 2 a.m. I looked at the photo, and I felt disappointed in myself. I, the question ran through my head, who are you? Who am I at this point in time? I remember sitting down on the edge of my bed with my, my head in my hands, just the fluorescent lights beaming on the back of my neck, sitting there and just questioning where I was and what was going on. And I heard this voice come to me, and it said, put an end to it. Put an end to it. And then I realized right away, registered, put an end to the partying, put an end to the drinking, put an end wow. to all this. Wow. And it, and it felt very uncomfortable because the questions that ran through my mind is like, what's life going to be like then? My friends are on the fraternity. They're all drinking. They're all doing this stuff. But something about that really resonated with me. And out of nowhere, people always ask how I did it. It was just out of nowhere. Like I just felt called to do so. I just stopped. I stopped the drinking and I stopped all that for over seven years or over six years. I didn't drink. I didn't do anything. Just completely put an end to it. And my sophomore year of college, got, I was living in a frat house my sophomore year. I wasn't drinking. I wasn't partying. So just kind of piece that together. All my friends, all my roommates are partying and everything. I got real into fitness. I started getting focused. Every Sunday, I was making 42 meals for the week, six meals a day. And uh, at that point, I was like, I know college isn't for me. I was studying for my oceanography final my sophomore year at the end. I already knew it was over. But at the end of my sophomore year, I was studying for my oceanography final. A Brian Tracy video came up talking about entrepreneurship. And it just registered, it's time to dive back into business. And then I put an end to college. My parents, my mom was upset. Everyone around me was like, what are you doing? But I just knew intuitively that it was the right move for me. I love the clarity. And by the way, I love how real and raw you are because being authentic like this, uh, this is this is why people tune into our podcast because this is this is what we try to do on each and every episode that we do. So that's that's amazing. You know, I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, we really got to know each other over the last 30 days. But what I didn't mention is a bunch of years ago, you actually sent me a Facebook message because I had completed the uh, Warrior Week uh, back in 2015. And uh, you knew that I was part of the Warrior family. And you, you sent me a, a message and asked me a little bit about it. And you kind of picked my brain and I was coaching you a little bit and telling you about that. Um, that was a terrific experience for me, you know, spending a week out there with the guys and the physicality was unbelievable. The level of uh, spirituality that I found within myself during those times that we were doing meditation out there and pushing my body to the limits, as well as getting clear on what I wanted in my life and my business and my relationships and things of that nature. It, it was a wild experience. I'll never forget it. And the one thing that I'd love you to talk about, because that particular program at the time was specifically designed for married dudes that had a business. And that was kind of the qualifications that they put out there. And you were not married at the time. And you were just thinking, or I think you were just starting your business at that time, your, your coaching business. What was it that uh, was so attractive to you about Warrior and why you wanted to just sort of talk to people that were part of it? 
I love that. I love that. I love the expansion that you were able to get from it as well. It's very powerful to be able to immerse yourself in that. But it was, yeah, it was married businessmen with children. I remember that was their, that was their thing. Like, I'm not married. I don't have children and I'm just getting into business. But I saw all, and I was always focused on be around the type of people, get around the type of people you want to be like, get around those who are doing what it is that you desire to do. And I saw married businessmen with children. Like I knew that that was the next stage for myself eventually, something I was stepping into. So I reached out to you. I reached out to a couple other guys who went through Warrior and just really picking your brains and, and asking what it, what it was like or what life is like. And just, I really just wanted to immerse myself in that and just have these conversations with those who were achieving those things that I desire to achieve. And like, that was my whole mission, get around them, find my way inside a warrior so I can be around you guys more. Because at that point I was 21 years old, I believe. So it was just me desiring to get around you guys who have that lifestyle that I was after. I love that. As a matter of fact, I know I've talked about this on other episodes on this podcast, that you are a product of the five people that you hang around with the most, whether you get together with them personally, or it's phone calls or Zoom calls or whoever you work with. And you were trying to, to up your game. You were trying to get together with the people that you wanted to be around. I know so many people that want to be financially free. I know so many people that want to build a financial wall around their family. I know people that want to do these things, but they stick in those old habits, whether they're creating more debt for themselves, more hardship, doing things the hard way, and they can't see their way clear to get to the point where they are only associating themselves with people that they have the things that they want, that they desire, so that they're not bringing themselves down, whether it's friends, family, or, uh, or just your business associates, you have to be very, very careful about who, who the people are that you spend the most time with. So that's, that's brilliant. Um, I just recently completed a program called 75 Hard. Now, I'm your senior. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit older than you, to say the bit. least. George is not even 30 yet. And I'm turning 60 this month. So there's a little bit of a, disparage, a, a difference there. But I want to ask you, because my 75 Hard program was a mental toughness program. People, you might have heard of that. You can certainly Google it. I'll put that in the show notes as well. But that's just a program where every day for 75 days, you've got six tasks that you have to follow. And if you, if, if you, if you mess up one day, it's okay if you mess up, you're just starting over on day one. So I, I didn't want to start over on day one ever. Even when I was one day into it, I'm like, I'm not going back. So I knew that, that I was going to complete that program. And a lot of amazing things happened for me. I mean, I got clear. I, I launched this podcast. I was able to um, just coach myself up on some things that I've been wanting to do. I launched a new business on top of it. Um, my other business that was my is my main business is going through amazing growth right now. So it really did get me clear on what I needed to do. And I thought that was really cool. And then I heard about your Kokoro. And I know this particular event is for the elite of the elite. We're going to give your Facebook page out uh, by the end of this podcast. I want people to at least get a chance to see what you look like because you're in amazing shape. But tell us about Kokoro. What what drew you to that? And what was it like? What was it, what was it like preparing for it? What was it like while you're in it? And now that you've gone through it successfully and set a record, by the way, that's never been set. In yes. Yeah, so Kokoro is, it was... I heard about Kokoro about six years ago. It resonated with me a lot, but I knew it wasn't time for me to dive in yet. I heard about it. And then a couple, about five months ago, I was meditating 
And I want to get clear what that next step was for me, what that next step of expansion was for me, because like doing all the things, like obviously every single day, continuously growing and stepping into it. But I knew that there was something to take me to the next level. And as I got into the meditation, I heard the word Kokoro in my mind. I just thought to myself, all right, it's time. It's time to go. So once that, once I heard that and that registered in my mind, now it was time to me to, to really do some research to see what it was all about. I started telling people from the very beginning, as soon as I heard that, I'm like, all right, it's time, I'm doing Kokoro. I looked it up. There's a 30% completion rate. It was, it's the toughest physical training in the world for civilians, um, a marathoners, people who are doing ultra marathons compared to 10 ultra marathons in a row with no sleep. So mm. I'm seeing all these things and I'm like, yes, this is what I'm after with Vipassana with this. Like, Which, I, by the way, most people would have been scared away right then and there, not, not even gone any further, but that got you motivated, which is outstanding. Got me so excited because I knew as soon as I stepped into this, which was going to be a huge challenge for me, there was so much expansion and so much growth. I knew that greater version of myself was waiting on the other side for me to complete that. So this was, it was the preparation, the training. I remember I reached out to say that I want to sign up for it. They're like, you have to be working for out four to five hours a day. It's only for the elite. We need to make sure that you're ready and you're prepared for it. Here's a, a thing to go through, some PSTs that you need to pass. The first one was I had to do a mile with 65 pounds, a mile, a half a mile, and a quarter mile with 65 pounds on my back. Then the next day, I had to do eight miles with 45 pounds on my back. Then the next day, six miles. Then the next day, five miles with 45 pounds on my back. Just boom, 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 boom in a row. Mind you, I do not is this, like is this hiking or is this running or a combination? So it's it's the rucking. So I mean go as fast as you go as fast as you can. Okay. Eight miles, I believe. I don't even I forget my time, but it was like it was probably like a 10 minute, 10 minute mile pace with 45 pounds on my back. So it's like you're going as fast as you can possibly go without you shutting down and breaking down. Wow. The preparation, the training for it was incredible. That in itself was a huge journey. Five months of working out for like four to five hours a day, endurance training, just really pushing yourself to the next level, to beyond your limits. And every single training that I did, when I did the eight miles, that was, a th that was the third longest I've ever ran in my life. I don't run at all. And I did it with 45 mm. pounds on my back. Mm. As I'm doing that, every single step of the way, as soon as I put that weight on my back for the first time, I'm like, I can't walk with this stuff on. I can't move with this on. But I just allowed myself to continue to step forward and it got easier and easier and easier and simpler. The training was incredible for that. The event was something that you can never, you cannot prepare for. We've had guys, guys who I talked to prior to the event, they've been preparing for the last two years. Someone I drove down with, he was preparing for the last two years. This was in Temecula, California, driving down from the hotel to the event. And people were dropping like flies from the very beginning. 20 minutes into it, we had four guys drop out mm. because of the intensity that it is. Now it's a physical training. You're physically, it's a, 53 hours straight, absolutely no sleep. You're going through a physical beatdown the entire time, ran by Navy SEALs. They're pushing you to your limits mentally, physically, emotionally the entire time. After the first couple hours, your body's done. You can't listen to your body. I remember getting messages from people saying like, good luck. Make sure you listen to your body. I was getting to a lot of people, getting messages. I'm like, I can't listen to my body in this. That's the complete opposite because my body is going to tell me to stop from the very beginning. Kokoro means blending your heart, mind, and spirit. So that's what it was. You're blending, you're tapping into your heart of hearts. Like you're tapping in deep in your heart, into your soul, into your spirit to take you through the, this journey. The first day, beatdowns. That night, we did a 17-mile ruck with it's seven hours long, dark uphill, 5,000 foot or 4,000 something foot elevation. No talking the entire time. Pitch black, you start hallucinating. You start questioning yourself. You're sleepwalking. It gets very intense. And like, that's the first night. The sun comes up and you're like, I still have a whole nother sunset I need to go through. I still have a whole nother journey I need to go through on this. This is just the very beginning. 53 hours straight. And it definitely built a lot of, it built a lot of lessons I got from it. 
the support of others and being a team player and, and having a team and supporting each other, being able to laugh through these difficult moments. And that's what really took it to the next level. Being able to pass it is just having fun. I remember the second day, my feet were the worst pain I've ever been in in my life. And I'm singing, my feet are on fire, excruciating. <laughs> the, the humor really allows things like us not being so serious. And this is something that I've taken into life since then, us not being so serious about things. Like things are important, but have fun with it because that's what makes it enjoyable. And that's what makes it so much simpler, positive self-talk, being able to breathe through things. And there's a lot of lessons and a lot of takeaways I got from it. I don't know how deep you want to dive into that, but there's a lot from that. Well, there's, there's definitely a lot to unpack there. I think that what is most important for people to take away from this is you said, as you trained for it, you said it got easier and easier and easier with the backpack, with everything that you had to do. And I remember you saying distinctly when I called to congratulate you right after you finished it, that your body didn't feel beat up at all. It was your feet that got completely obliterated, but your body wasn't bad at all. That was from your training. And I swear without your meditation, the ability to go within yourself and make things okay. Like when you finished that first night with no sleep and the sun came up, knowing you had another sunset to go through, that has, I, I think, did people drop out then or was it just in the very beginning where people start? Where was, was there, was there a second wave of dropouts? Yeah, we had three or four people drop out when we were climbing up that mountain that first night. Mm. Because it was just too much. I think what people do and the same thing in business and coaching and in, in my network marketing business, the hardest part for people is is comparing themselves to others, number one. And number two, thinking that the finish line is so far away, they're never going to get there. Why even try? It's too much to think about. And you were able to break that down into bite sized chunks. And I think that's, you know, a uh, a big thing that you can bring back to your coaching clients and now even in your network marketing business that you just launched. So I'm very, very excited about that. Tell us a little bit about um, that transition that you made when, when you decided, you know, you'd had enough of the partying and all the things that were going on and you decided to leave college. I think you mentioned something about um, an epiphany that you had with, you were in a library. Do you remember that story you were telling me? Yeah. Yeah, so I was in a library and I was studying for oceanography final. I'm sitting there studying for the oceanography final. And I'm just like, what am I doing? A Brian Tracy video popped up when he's talking about entrepreneurship. And I just asked myself, like, what am I doing? I knew college wasn't the path for me after my freshman year of partying. That's pretty much all I got out of it. I really can't remember a single thing. And that's on me. But I can't remember a single thing I learned in college. Um, but you just drew it out. You just blanked it out because it really didn't matter, right? Compared to exactly. what you're doing now. Two years of, I don't even know how much it was, like $60,000. I got, I got that out of my system. I did get a lot of, um, of, of independence that I created for myself. I learned how to cook because I was cooking my meals. So yeah. that was cool. Learn um, how to wash your clothes. <laughs> learn how to wash my clothes, learn how to do all that stuff. But yeah, while I was in the library, I was like, it's, it's time for me to, to make this transition. And it was interesting because people have asked me, like, what was it like when you decided to stop, drop out of college? Like, how did you do that? And it's funny because when I look back, it was so intuitive where it was just like a no brainer. I'm doing it. Like I didn't question it at all. I didn't double think it at all. I'm like, I'm doing it. And I just made that commitment to myself because I knew that there was so much more for me around that corner. I love it. Listen to this guys. Listen to, listen to this because he's talking about something that is coming to him through his heart into his brain and he's making decisions. And, and like I say all the time, you, sometimes you just have to burn the boats you know, you get to the other side, you burn the boats and there's no looking back. You're just moving forward and, and surrounding yourself with those right people. Now, 
you have a business, a real estate business that you've been investing in. You have your power and purpose coaching business. Let's talk about that for just a second because you've carved out a niche for yourself there. And I want people to know this. You started this business from scratch. It was, you know, barely making enough to, you know, to do anything, you know, in the beginning, just to even pay your mobile phone bill. And then you've grown that into, you know, a, a, a very exciting six-figure business. How is how is that? What's your niche market and, and what do you do with uh, with that business? What is the whole purpose of it? Yeah, so men in their 20s and early 30s. That's like who we mainly focus on. Now, the reason why I started this business, Power and Purpose, is because of everything with my dad. And I realized that backtracking that because I wanted men to be able to create this discipline for themselves. I wanted men to be able to be responsible. I wanted men to be able to be the pillars for their families, for the people around them, to be able to take responsibility and create the lives that they desire to live. So what we do at Power and Purpose, we're mainly guys who are looking to quit their jobs, build their businesses, and take control of their lives. We take them through four stages, believe, begin, build, become. Everything starts with your belief system. Your beliefs lead to your actions and your actions lead to your results. So if you don't have your beliefs on your side, you're going to find yourself continuously sabotaging yourself. So we have guys go through their pains, go through the stories, go through the reasons why they feel they're not worthy of a success, go through everything that's holding them back, painting the pictures for themselves as well. As if they continue to live that life, continue to live the way that they're living, power from pain is what we call it. And we help them really dive into the pain of their current situation, pain from the past that they get to dive into and the future pain, creating the vision of if they continue to stay on that path. Then we have begin, which is them getting clear on the, the goals and the targets that they have set for themselves, getting very clear, being able to break it down one year, 90 days, 60 days, just really breaking it down weekly, daily, their action steps that they're taking, those main things. Build is now they're focusing on the actual business. Now they're going to build their business. They're going to take action on the business that they have set for themselves. Now it's time to actually take action, put the pieces together. One thing that we say here at Power and Purpose is you're not coming here to learn and get results. And if you're just coming here to learn, don't join us here because that's not what we're about. We're about results over here. And then become, then you become that version of yourself where you quit your job. You have the relationships that you want. And it's cool because everything starts to blend together. Their main, a lot of the guys who join us, their only objective is I want to be able to quit my job and build my business and make X amount of dollars. But the transformation that they have becoming that man that they truly desire to be and how the other areas of their lives begin to mold and form to the version of themselves that they created. That's where the magic is. And that's what I know is on the other side for them. So when they come saying, I just want to make X amount of dollars, I smile because I know the transformation that they're going to have on the other side. Wow, George, your business, your business model and what you're doing with guys in their twenties and thirties, which is very impressionable time that people, if they can get control of their, of their financial life and their business at that point, in their career, I mean, the rest is just going to be a piece of cake. And you're teaching something that is that is not get rich quick. It's not overnight. And all of those subjects that you talked about, those four stages, believe, begin, build, and become, are the same stages that Susan and I, my wife and I, and, and my daughter, Chelsea, who we'll talk about in just a second, has been able to do in the network marketing arena. And I can see how you're going to be able to transfer those skill sets over to your network marketing business and build in a residual fashion, another income stream along with your real estate business, along with your coaching business. So I'm very, very excited. I mean, I'm a, a very, very big believer in multiple streams of income. That is to me, truly the, the, the backbone of entrepreneurship and, and financial freedom. So with that being said, um, Susan and I are building our business with, with Isagenix. 
you came to a training meeting to support your girlfriend who happens to be my daughter, which, uh, which is, I, mean, I can't tell you how thrilled I am that you and Chelsea met each other and you, you have a chance to uh, really explore, you, you know, the possibilities together. That's exciting. Um, you came to an event that we just did a little over a week ago, hundred percent in support of your girlfriend. Cause you wanted, you know, she was speaking on stage. You wanted to go there. You wanted to be there for her. And something happened while you were at this event, something changed and you decided, or maybe you just didn't know until you knew that this is something that can just dovetail brilliantly along with what you're doing. What was that epiphany that you had in that meeting? Yeah. So at the event, it was powerful because I did go there purely for support. And while I was there sitting in the audience and just listening to everyone talk, listening to you going over the financial model when you were on stage speaking and, and hearing all this, it just resonated with me so much. The ability to create the residual income, the ability to, to set yourself up for a long-term success. And now we say when we get into business, we do this. And I understand in my business, yes, there's pieces and ways I can do this, but it's nothing like you're able to get through this model, through the isogenics model, through this network marketing model. And I know all different, um, there are different, different network marketing businesses and whatnot, but through isogenics specifically, this is what I know. The model and the way to create that residual income was incredible for me. Being able to see that the work I put in is going to continue to grow. Not only am I going to continue to make the money like real estate, I can buy a property and I'm getting the rent for it, or I'm getting the mortgage paid off on it or this or that, but it's going to grow as well. The exponential growth, the residual income and the exponential growth side of it and being able to put in the work and building up teams as well and being able to piece people together and create the teams to continue to increase your income, helping other people increase their income and their financial security as well, their financial freedom and me doing it for myself for life. Like that's what excited me because I'm good at putting in massive work and putting everything up front. I've done in different businesses, but the income from that isn't still coming in. Some of them they are, but they're not going to come in for the rest of my life. And they're cert most certainly not going to grow from me kind of from me putting in less work or me putting in more work or me not putting any work. But with this business model, like it will continue to grow no matter, no matter what I'm doing with it, as long as I grow it the right way in the beginning. And that's uh, no, no question about it. As a matter of fact, you know, that's one of the things that you had said to me that um, actually, if you hadn't said it to me, I would have pointed it out to you with your coaching business. Although you have done a great job systematizing your coaching business and making it something that, that can be built that you're not 100% having to be there for every minute and coach every person because you've, you've digitized so much of it. But with the network marketing business, if you're with the right company, that's a legacy company like Isogenics that is in it for the long haul, they're not trying to just get in and, and build up their sales and maybe, you know, go public or sell out to a, a larger company or something like that, but they're literally in it for the right reasons. And they're building this from generation to generation. And you can see that this is a business that not only can continue to pay you long after your, your main work has been done, but something that can literally be passed on from generation to generation. So it's a legacy business. And that's exciting. And I think that uh, uh, many people see this for, for that reason only, and they get involved for that reason. Now, the self-discipline of understanding delayed gratification has got to be part of your um, repertoire if you're going to be successful in network marketing. Although there are a lot of stories from rags to riches, there are stories of people making seven figures, uh, you know, after one or two years. But those stories are so minute. They're, 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 they're very far and few between. 
most people have to work hard at this just the same way you've worked hard at everything in your life, George, at your young age. If I knew what you know now, when I was your age, I can only imagine what happened. I just had grit. I came from, like I said, very little, and I was able to just put my head down, but I didn't know these vehicles existed uh, until well into my 30s. Um, and that's when I started in the industry myself. So that has been uh, just a breath of fresh air to watch you with that. Um, tell us a, as, a, as a last parting uh, comment or uh, just subject, I'd like to learn just a little bit more about your, uh, your real estate business, how you got into that, and how that's creating uh, an income stream for you. Love it. So when I was 22 years old, I had my coaching business, everything that was still going good. Everything was going great, but something hit me and I was like, put an end to this too. Like I had that neck, those, those words, put an end to it. And I was like sitting with it. And I'm like, huh? So what is my next move then if I do this? But I intuitively felt like I needed to put the things that I was coaching on. I had a, a fitness business prior to the mindset and the coaching business, but then I was just purely coaching, putting all these things out, obviously getting results from my coaching business, getting all the things that I was putting out there. But I was like, I need to actually put what I teach to the test in business for myself. So what am I going to do? I'm going to completely end this business. I didn't know how long I was going to end it, my coaching business, what I was going to do. Meanwhile, at 21 years old, I'm already making $15,000 to $25,000 per month at it, but I put an end to it. It's like, all right, let me stop it. Deactivated all my social media accounts. And I didn't know what I was going to do next. It's completely ended everything. And, um, some would say that was self-sabotage. I think a part of that was, but I knew that I needed to dive into something else. I intuitively felt it. I then got connected to someone who I knew from social media, connected me to someone else who happened to be a billionaire, connected me to him to, to possibly do videos for a training program that he had going on. We connected, we ended up connecting and he said he was going to go to an event, an event the next week called CEO space. I ended up having tickets for that event as well. Just how things work, quote unquote, coincidental. And, um, I met him there. Then he started talking about his, his real estate business and with mobile home parks. He said he was selling his mobile home parks for $168 million. Meanwhile, I'm out to lunch with him and on the left side of me and the owner to the rights of thinking grow rich on the right side of me for America, for Canada, for I think Europe as well. And I was having a conversation with the guy who owned the rights to think and grow rich. And he said, we can possibly do thinking grow rich for millennials and travel the country talking about this and doing this. And I got in a conversation with him about that. And it resonated with me. And I was like, interesting. And then the guy on the left side of me, Brian, who was in the mobile home parks, he started talking about how he was selling his mobile home parks. I went, I want to dive into business. I don't, I already have the coaching side. Like I've done that, even though this sounds like an amazing opportunity. I love thinking grow rich. I've read it over and over again. I want to do this. So I went on the path with Brian and he just taught me about the, the mobile home parks. And he said, start looking into buying mobile homes and flipping mobile homes. He said, told me a book to read. I read the book. I found someone else who was doing it. I got in contact with them. I learned the steps and I started to grow that. So it was buying mobile homes inside of mobile home parks and flipping the mobile homes and creating and being the mortgagee. So being able to sell them for like the first one I bought was for like $3,000, $2,000 to do the work, $5,000 all in, selling it for $52,000 on payments, getting my down payment, $8,000 from the beginning and just repeating that model over and over again. I love it. Wow. I love it. Wow. What a great business. I, I, you know, until you told me about that, I never even knew it existed. That's amazing. Many people don't. And it's because it's, it's so like mobile homes. What are you doing with mobile homes? It has such a stigma around it, which is why it's so powerful to dive into. Mm, I love businesses with stigmas. That's what I've been living my life around businesses with stigma because people don't understand the opportunity that's in front of them. 
yeah. mean, even network marketing, although it's come of age, still people have the wrong impression of what it really is. And they think it's, it's for people that need money, whereas it's for people like you that have such a great influence. I saw what you did in just the short period of time that you started your network marketing business with the number of people that you've contacted and how fast you're building your team. So uh, obviously the people that have bigger networks that have influence over their networks are going to be highly successful in a network marketing company that, that can support that. So congratulations for you there. George, how can people follow you if they want to follow you after this podcast and, and listen to more of your content and follow the things that you do? Love it. So the best way would be Facebook. You can search George Wohar, W-O-H-A-R, then I-V after that for the fourth, George Wohar the fourth. And we also have georgewohar.club slash four barriers if you want to go through our free four-part training. That's awesome. I will definitely put that in the show notes as well. Man, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on today. I'm sure we're going to have you back as a guest in the future, maybe uh, with a couple of people. And we can all uh, you know, talk about the successes that we're having in the different areas and how people can hone those skills towards whatever it is that they're doing so that they can have the same success we're having here on the Family Business Podcast. Perfect. Love it, Murray. Thanks for having me on. All right. Thanks for being here. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Family Business Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about how you can join our growing family and begin implementing the success principles to building a financial wall around your family, you can go to the familybusiness.info forward slash call and you can schedule a call with us because we have saved a spot at the table for you. If you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your family and the people that you care about. And we would love it if you would take a second to give us a five-star review to help future family members just like you find us. I leave you with this. In life, you don't get what you deserve. You get what you believe, plan, and expect. Let's do this.